This is Arriving, where we get present, talk taboos, and explore the spectrums of life. Thank you for being with us. So I am with Carrie Nicole Blackman, who I am very proud to say is my girlfriend and partner, my roommate, someone I'm cohabitating with currently. Uh, She is a beautiful person, and there's there's many other aspects about her that we'll we'll get into. Um, But first of all, just want to say, Carrie, thank you for arriving. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for making the the long journey over <laughs> from the other side of the hall to to the office back here. No problem. And in traditional Scott fashion, we are running fifteen minutes behind schedule. Yeah, getting these mics set up has <laughs> been every single time has been an issue. So uh, I've got to remember it's always a little detail. Kind of kind of <laughs> forget, and, but uh, get it going. So. Um, We'll do we'll do a check in, but before we really even do that, I know there's a little kind of check in practice that you introduced to me that we like to do together, uh, which is the I might do, it's a ah uh, oh ums. Oh yeah. So we want to do let's do three of those real quick. Okay. How's that sound? Yep. All right. Ready. definitely feel feel a little better already after that i know that's a way we can tune in to ourselves and to each other yeah doing that together i will give credit to my one of my spiritual teachers evie for uh teaching me that quick um practice to better center myself and come to the present moment yeah, it feels harmonizing, balancing. Yeah. Especially whenever we do it together sometimes. I'm not very musical, uh, but I can hear the harmony. I can hear the way our two voices, our two sounds intermingle and inter- interface. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Um, yeah, so I really just want to start with a check-in question just to help us continue to arrive as we're we're getting here so for today's check-in what let's go with what shifts have you been present with lately in your life what's been shifting for you 
what has been shifting for me? What hasn't been shifting for me? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, the most prominent one I would say is packing up my life and my home of the past nearly 10 years in Austin, Texas and moving with my guy and my dog to Phoenix, Arizona. And that shift in itself also initiated many other shifts in my life in my life and in my relationship. My relationships, my friendships and yeah, it's been a whirlwind of the past six weeks. Uh, but I guess for me, it's just leaning more into trust of myself and my intuition and, um, yeah, like knowing. Hey, it looks like the mail is here, so. We can edit that out. No, we can leave it in. (laughs) Piper, will you close the door? Place. Hey. Place. Hey. 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 Piper. Place. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) Okay, that's enough. Lay down. Mm. (laughs) I thought that might happen. Yeah. It's all good. So you've been shifting with your move to Phoenix? Yeah. Um, And just, you know, I always, or I had a feeling that I would know when it was time to leave Austin and to just as I've continued to hone my intuition and that inner sense of knowing to be reminded of what that feels like and when I follow that things tend to flow pretty easily yeah like I would say this whole process has been pretty smooth yeah I mean for all things considered all things considered yeah it's definitely been been very smooth to getting out here um here in Phoenix where we We've been, yeah, for just over, I think we're in the seventh week now because we got here like right, like the last day of January, I think. Yeah. Um, yeah, definitely, definitely a big shift. So. And just realizing that I don't like, I don't like to do things the way that, like the predictable way of mm. how everyone's just like moving so hard and you know, like it's just chaotic and there, I mean, definitely there was little moments of that, but Mm -hmm. I just feel like overall, like I didn't want to play into that narrative of that, of how things normally go. And like, that's just the known thing. Mm -hmm. Um, but I know I was definitely like, felt like this would just, I wanted to handle it with a sense of ease. Mm -hmm. And so, falling more into ease and flow has been 
an interesting process. Yeah, it sounds like the shift of the move has provided you an opportunity to shift some of these these narratives about how changes can be. You know, it's kind of giving you opportunity to look at them and say, "Oh, hey, yeah, I hear that a lot of people say it's really difficult. It's a big struggle. It's this and the other." And yeah, uh, I don't think it has to be that way. And you know, getting here and, and there were definitely times where we were stressed. Um, and it just, I mean, the big, the big changes. I mean, I think it was those first, uh, like two, three weeks. Mm-hmm. And if we were just getting the house set up and there were still boxes and that was definitely, I think that was like the, almost the most hectic yeah. part, I think. And I would say that really lasted like a week and a half. Yeah. Like we moved in and settled. I think the quickest i i certainly have ever settled before yeah yeah so um yeah well that's definitely a big shift and and thank you for sharing i guess that that could even set up some of uh i guess just where we're at right now um to to figure that out oh i forget about the uh the standard questions Mm -hmm. here we go you ready Mm-hmm. And you can go ahead and you, even about the questions, I'll let mm-hmm. you, you do do your thing. So the first question, <laughs> answer the, please answer these in one sentence, by the way. Oh, okay. And then you you can you can break the rules. You're you're a rule breaker. So okay. where are we? We are in your office in Phoenix, Arizona. Okay. How did we get here? Okay, are you going to give me credit for this question? Go ahead, take it. (laughs) This was one of my favorite, is one of my favorite questions to just ask you. Yeah, you ask this to me, then I ask this to you all the time. But yeah, this is, this is, carries the inspiration for where I got got this question, which is something I ask all my guests. Um, Yeah, how did we get here? How did we get here? One sentence. Oh, it can be a run on, have lots of semicolons and commas, hyphens, whatever you need. Well, the truth is Scott had a huge crush on me. (laughs) No, I'm kidding. Kind (laughs) of. Well, we met. We were friends. Then we were more than friends. Then we also trained together. Yeah, I was gonna say don't don't miss the part where it was like client and uh, whatever the other side of the client. We were acquaintances, then client trainer relationship slash friends. Yes. Slash a little more than friends. Then not friends mm. for a week, and then <laughs> we started dating. Yeah, and everything has been smooth sailing since then. And then here we are. So, uh, let's see what's today. Today is the sixteenth. So in five days, we'll have our six-month official anniversary of dating. Yes. Is that right. Yeah. Uh, so after dating for four months, we moved together. <laughs> We moved in together, like, just over three months into dating. 
for like the most of January. So we're crazy when I say it like that. Yep, you know, whenever you put a uh, traditional time frames on time frames on like that. But I mean, I know you mentioned like it had been ten years. You'd been in Austin for ten years, and kind of trying to figure out. You know, I was wondering what when you were going to leave, what it was going to be, and you know, I'd been in Austin for two years this go around after being there for four years in college and I knew Austin was not a place I wanted to to stay and, and live forever um and so for both of us I know it was uh it's like oh cool are right, you ready yeah <laughs> like, like once we just teamed up it's like okay all right let's I'm go like, oh let's okay well this is the extra momentum I needed to just move and just going back to the shifting you know, when it's the right decision, when it's the right connection, it just flows. Like this move has, you know, have been with ease. And I just feel like that's also our relationship was once we both were on the same page about where we wanted to go. Yeah. All right. And then final question here. What are we here for? To record a podcast. Okay. To create. Okay. Are right, you leave with that? I think so. Okay. <laughs> oh goodness. All right. Um, so yeah, we're here to create. What do you want to create? What do you want to record on this podcast? What do you want to talk about? I'm just the guest here. You're just the guest? Yeah. Yeah? Okay. Do you want me to... I, I can ask you some more questions if you'd like to, you know. Would you like to ask me some more questions? Sure, can do. Okay. So, you've been talking about creating something together. And especially in relation to... Think if I was gonna simplify it, I'd say making people feel more at home and safe in their bodies while mm-hmm. increasing their capability, their physical capability, physical mental capabilities. Is it would that be in line with we we've talked about creating? Yeah, for sure. Okay. Yeah. Um yeah, I mean I know anyone who knows my story knows how much physical pain has been a part of it and how that prevented me from feeling safe in mm-hmm. relationship, feeling safe anywhere. Uh, and if you look at Maslow's hierarchy of needs, to use that as a, as a framework, uh, which this little concept was dropped on me during a, a session I had when I was training uh, Bob Perna. Shout out, Bob. Um, he, he brought this up. Like, you know, if you're not physically safe, inside your own body if you don't have that that basal need met you can't it becomes much more difficult at the very least to reach the higher levels on the hierarchy of needs Mm -hmm. so to reach fulfillment or self-actualization um i don't remember exactly what all things are are listed on top of there but you know for me whenever i was physically not feeling safe it prevented me from I mean, even having close relationship with, relationships, relationships with friends, um, even to an extent with my parents, and especially then with partners, girlfriends, 
different type of relationship we have now feel feel much safer in and mm-hmm. i think it starts for me from being able to feel safe in my body yeah so um i guess curious like since you've shifted your training method so basically since you started <laughs> you started working with me since, since you were my client i know you'd you get interested in like the you know functional patterns method before then and you know training in relation to the things that make us human walking running throwing standing i guess i'm just curious what has shifted for you and in, in how you look at your body how you feel and it, especially, I guess, around that, that concept of safety. Yeah. I mean, I've always been uh, an athlete and physically moving my body uh, really intensely at times. And then, of course, I started or, yeah, I started practicing yoga regular regularly in college. Um, and that, for me, was a really pretty bleak time in my life and I think it was really the community that helped uh, support me during that time and then I started teaching and leading at the studio and yeah I thought I would be doing yoga the rest of my life Mm. and then I came across functional patterns FP and uh, that shifted my trajectory my movement trajectory what I want to be bringing into the world and I did some FP one morning felt very connected to my body to my inner self I felt strong I just felt this different connection in my body than I had ever felt before Mm. and then I went to yoga that night and felt like I lost all the connection Mm. And I went home and cried Mm. because it was almost this morning of an identity that Mm. I had for so long. Um, And shortly thereafter, you know, I started training with you. And although I haven't ever had a major injury or debilitating Uh, physical pain I just saw what you know FP was doing and knew it was different than anything I'd done before I felt differently and you know I started training with you and I see my before picture Mm. I see not as much even my physical body as much as my emotional and mental state at the time which was pretty low um, after you know, exiting a relationship. And so FP kind of just gave me something to, to one, fill my time. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But, you know, I just noticed even like right after our initial session, like my physical body started feeling stronger and like my mental spiritual emotional body also started to feel more resilient Mm. and 
now, you know, I feel like I've gone through phases. I mean, it'll have been almost a year that I've been doing FP now. And um, I, I guess my most recent um, my most recent I'm thinking of. Yeah, I'm not quite sure where you're. Um, like my most recent pondering with FP ah, gotcha. is like with this move. I haven't been working out mm-hmm. a ton. Um, I mean, I have been really tired, and um, I feel like FP really just focuses on like it's okay to nourish your body and to like allow it to rest Mm -hmm. uh whereas more other workouts i've gone through it's like no push through so Mm -hmm. like the days that i'm like no i actually do just need a nap today i i do that and then even if i'm getting in a session once a week like my body still holds that physical integrity because i've been building it up for the past year so i just noticed too that that it's feels a lot more accessible in my body mm. as a, a way to practice and yeah it's shifted my life to say the least yeah yeah thank you for for sharing all that um yeah i remember hearing hearing a story about you having having gone to yoga class having yeah, done some FP in the morning and got to yoga class and coming home and basically being like, I don't know if I can do yoga anymore. Mm-hmm. Just, just feeling the difference. And I know that has to be, had to have been like a, I mean, a, a really big shift. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know you mentioned how important that community was to you and that practice and it, it gave you direction and, um, and then ultimately I guess you kind of felt it and realized that it wasn't truly accomplishing what you were you were looking for, I guess, on a on a deeper level. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um I mean I know that's one of the <laughs> the big things out there. It's like a it could be a challenge to I I wouldn't even say this like challenge to convince people that yoga isn't good for them. Um, I would just say to convince people that there's, there's like another level, yeah. like something else is possible, or something better, something better. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you experience it and you're like, Oh wow. Like mm-hmm. this, I know, um, in my first couple sessions when I was doing FP, I, my, something in my body, it just like, like this, whatever this is, give me more of this. Mm. It felt like it felt like medicine for my body. It's like, okay, well, I, I don't know what's really what's happening right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't really know what's going on. I'm just doing what you know, doing what I'm told to do by my trainer, my Brandon down at FB Texas, and um, yeah, just it was lifting me physically, but I mean, lifting me emotionally as well. Uh, I mean, I look at my my before picture, my my first. Um, picture in, I guess it was January of 2020 and I, I, I don't recognize myself yeah 
January 2020 was a crazy time. Yeah. Um, and I mean, I'd had torn my meniscus and just generally was was not in a good place mentally, emotionally. There was a lot of emotional things I was carrying around as well. Even my postures had like this defeated attitude to it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I just got back from um, HBS2, uh, you know, another certification in the functional pattern system. And one thing the founder, Nadia Aguilar, was talking about a lot was the psychology of positions, the psychology of postures. The psychology of the positions and postures I was occupying, the space I was occupying, whenever I started FP was depressed, anxious, defeated, really. Mm-hmm. That, that, was, that was what I physically occupied. And, but getting into it, like inside me, yes, that was a part of me, but inside me there was something that knew, or there, there's definitely a part of me that didn't want to be that way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> a big a big part of that. And something that inside me that knew I could change, and that really wanted to change. And the physical changes have allowed for so many other shifts. Mm-hmm. Again, talking about the, the safety of my body, and even confidence and calmness, ability. Oh, I completely changed my stress reactions. Yeah. Just completely. Um, I used to have all sorts of different twitches. My jaw would just go crazy hmm. um, when I was in, in stressful situations. And that's that's a, um, a mannerism I'd had since at least elementary school. I remember running in uh, third grade in the field in field day. And somebody pointed it out to me. I've had I've had this jaw stuff since mm. then and it's i haven't hasn't even been mentioned to me i know brandon had mentioned to me at one point like yeah it, it doesn't even happen anymore it used to happen a ton so um my the way i respond to stress has completely changed the way i hold myself the i guess the level of calm i'm able to achieve in my body um yeah so these and these are again are all big shifts that it's like oh i didn't under I didn't know. Well, I guess I, I, in some sense, some deeper part of me knew this was possible, mm-hmm. but didn't know how to how to get there. Right. Right. What it was. Um, and I know you mentioned even on in your initial before and after, you know, on our first session, which was you know, assessment, total of two hours. Um, just your posture was pretty different. Yeah. Right. After after two hours, and did like did you feel different? Walking like when you walked in versus when you walked out. Do you remember that? Yeah. <laughs> What's that smile? Well, I think part of it too is the three hours that we spent after <laughs> <laughs> my assessment, talking and being very present with each other, and uh, it's almost like it gave the an opportunity for the physical work to be integrated mm. even more by just, uh, you know, I can't even remember ex- what exactly the conversation was, but, um, what you can't remember something. <laughs> She's got the memory of an elephant. She remembers everything. So this is, this is a surprise. <laughs> it should be good. Keep going. Yeah. We're good. Um, yeah, but so I think, yes, I definitely felt different. After the five hours that we spent together, um, training and and talking. Gotcha. Yeah. 
but I definitely felt, yeah, I felt connected. Um, you know, it felt like my skin was plumper. Mm. My overall outlook just was a little brighter. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I was pretty much hooked from there. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, well, I appreciate you talking about that. And so I guess even on talking about what we want to create. So how do we want to share this or like, you know, get like make this where more people can, can experience it and get it, get into it. Right. And create a space for people to, you know, um, to see all of these benefits that we're talking about. Right. Because like that's really what, you know, what we want to do is we want to enhance people's lives. Yeah. Right? I mean, I, you know, see have us having a online platform uh, for people to further connect and definitely share um, the opportunity to train with us um continue to learn from us and with us and also integrate this you know the the mental Mm. emotional part of it and I think you know that was also what made training together so great was because we both share and see how our consciousness is wrapped up in our body physically and so um i always felt like very safe to be able to communicate um uninhibitedly Mm. with you of where i was at that day and feeling like i could be met emotionally Mm. um and it's almost stepping into this um space holder position as a as a practitioner um and facilitate a mind body experience when you train yeah i mean you know talking about the psychology of positions and postures they're you know your entire life experience is stored inside your body and so things will get you know emotions can get stuck in there you know fascial adhesions just the places in your body where you're stuck and so whenever you're trying to put, you know, institute a new movement pattern or break an old pattern, a lot of times there is something there that is holding you back. Right. Um, and it can be so many different things. And so it just, uh, I mean, I know for myself, allowing myself to be present with what it is. Like I feel like I'm running into a wall in my body at some times. But it's not, a lot of times it's not just a, a physical, physical wall, a physical limitation. I'm, I'm tapping into something that wants to be expressed and for me to make progress. And again, to, to like break that pattern, I have to express that and, and be with whatever it is that, that comes up mm-hmm. uh, for me, has come up for me. Um, and... And I will say you're very, um, yeah, you're just very good at noticing that. And mm. I've noticed that you're able to shift it 
pretty quickly also are you saying for myself or mm-hmm. okay yeah whenever I, whenever i'm running into okay yeah. yeah yeah it's it's one of those things i think it's thank you first of all um one of those things where over time i have you know learned and just come to realize like whenever I do get stuck, what is it? And then basically the, the quicker I can address and just like get straight to the actual thing that's in my way, um, the better and the less frustrating it will be. It is frustrating to run into blocks for sure. And then it's also very satisfying because <laughs> like, oh, it's a block. Mm-hmm. I can move past this. That'll just open up so many new things. I mean, a lot of times, especially uh, in my first like year, I would do some MFR, I would do uh, some couple chambers, couple exercises, and it would feel like I would have like a whole new leg or a whole new arm because so much was able to shift. And yeah, that is something that's, I mean, yeah, it's been really, really powerful. And then just again, the more I was able to be aware of that because that's one of the, the big parts of, of it as well is like the body awareness piece of understanding and feeling the sensations in my body, being able to move different parts of my body that maybe I didn't think I could have done before, um, shifting parts of my spine or having more control over my toes, just these these things. Um, I'm starting to, this train of thoughts running away now. Um, yeah where was i going do you know (laughs) yeah well i was even thinking i mean i take for example like how we relate to one another and in our Mm -hmm. relationship and i was thinking earlier about like not fights but little uh tensions that we had when we first started dating that Mm we you know kind of encountered and how we just don't really have those anymore well they'll come up i think but they are well like little tangents will come up and they're subtle you know definitely more subtle yeah they're way more subtle and just noticing how you know at least you have been able to shift how you uh show up in those Mm. times and um it's just been really cool to witness. It yeah. inspires me then to mm. also, I mean, I think um, just in conflict resolution in general, you know, we can always look to other person and say like, well, if they just did mm. this, right, then I wouldn't feel frustrated and to, you know, just notice how I can bring it back to myself instead Mm -hmm. of focusing on what's going on the other side of the street. If I can just be like, okay, well, how can I shift how I'm showing up in, in Mm -hmm. this dynamic? Right. And just that one shift can be enough to shift the other person. Yeah. As well. And so I see where, you know, you certainly have done that and it just helps hold me accountable too to focus on, how I'm showing up. Yeah. Well, from the very beginning, whenever we really started dating, uh, 
then I mean there was you've basically challenged me to be in these moments of conflict or these these moments of tension and not like you like you need to be in this ah like type of type of challenge but just I figured out after you basically just told me <laughs> um that you know I wasn't going to be able to be in this relationship unless I looked at these these things mm. and instead of avoiding them mm. like I like to do at times I think like we all like to do yeah it's it's nice to to avoid discomfort yeah and yeah then I realized like if I'm I'm not gonna be able to get what I want if I avoid the discomfort and um and yeah and then definitely to your point about like not needing about noticing something, but not needing like, the, you to change. Mm-hmm. And I'm about to sneeze. We'll see if that actually happens. It's really tickly nose. Um, you know, even I notice, I'll notice I'll be get, get frustrated. I'll get frustrated with you. And like, I want to like put my frustration on you. Right. And Sure, there are times where you make me a little frustrated, but over generally, <laughs> me what? <laughs> generally, those are me noticing. Oh, I'm frustrated with you. Frustrated with you, or even if I'm frustrated with Piper, uh, y'all, I'm just using that as like an outlet for my right. frustration, and that's not actually the source of my frustration. Mm-hmm. Something else that's making you frustrated, and it's convenient to then be frustrated at you or to be frustrated at Piper, and. So just, yeah, a reminder to just, a lot of times even, I'll, it's it's getting to now where I'll be frustrated at you, but I'm like, it, I, a couple times I think I've said I'm frustrated, but I'm not like frustrated at you. Mm-hmm. And it gets to the point where I, I'll become aware that I am frustrated, which for one, <laughs> for, for, for a while, like even that was a big shift mm-hmm. for me to even be really aware mm-hmm. of that I was, you know, feeling some way or, or acting some sort of way. Right. Like for a while, I was just like, so like, no, I don't have any feelings. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, that was more early 20s for sure. It's, it's gotten better and better throughout as we've gotten towards the, the tail end of the 20s here. Um, what was I saying? And yes, yeah, so okay. So, okay. If I can notice that I'm frustrated, first of all, that's great. Then if I can notice that I'm frustrated, okay, I notice I'm frustrated at you. Okay, I notice that. Okay, well, hey, I don't know why I'm frustrated. Well, I can tell you why I'm frustrated at you. It's because you didn't do X, Y, Z thing, which I just wish you would do because that'd make my life so much easier and blah, 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 blah. Or that's how I wanted it to happen, even though I never communicated it, you know, or, or something like that. And if I can um, notice that and then take a second. It's okay, that, that thing is frustrating me. But it's somewhere else likely where that that's originating from, and that's that's the outlet. And then take some time for me to figure out then what it is. So maybe it's a day, maybe it's two days. Sometimes mm-hmm. for me to figure out exactly what it is that's that's making me feel that way or react that way. Um, then I'm able to actually see it, like, oh, okay, and then you know make changes. And the more I've been able to do that, the shorter that time frame has been. Right. And instead of being a one two day thing can be same day it can be you know 
in the same morning, the same evening, or same hour, and you know, just just with anything you practice, become aware of, get, continue to cut that down. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yes, to be <laughs> to be in this in this relationship with you has definitely challenged me to mm. do that. And then even like conflict, like my parents, like my house, like never had conflict. Mm. It was just avoided. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I never knew how to deal with, with conflict. And, mm. and it'd be like these small things, which then would deal with, deal with like passively aggressively. And then at some mm. point it would just like the scale would tip mm-hmm. and it would just mm-hmm. like, ah, yeah. let's have a big, you know, uh, and then I would basically have a big outburst or right. some sort. Yeah. So, um, that resonates also. Yeah. On, on how, on my upbringing. Yeah. So it's, it's just been interesting to see, right. How, how I was raised and the different, all these different things, just of kind of ways of living and mm-hmm. dealing with, dealing with life. Um, and then knowing, Oh, like the <laughs> there are other options out there. Yeah. Um, and especially the, and the best thing, I mean, I, I definitely like to be intellectual and to read and to learn in that way. But the thing that's been most impactful is to be around people who model it mm-hmm. and to, to see it in action, to, to know what it is and to really like feel the energy of that and mm-hmm. to get an idea of like what it would feel like to try that new thing or to be in this other to be this other way mm. mm-hmm. yeah so you've you've definitely been a catalyst for mm. for growth and maturity for me i'm sure you've you've <laughs> noticed <laughs> yes but it's been yeah i mean same um and yeah, I mean, I feel like even for me, sometime in the past year or so, I just made this silent promise to myself that I would not yell in in arguments. Hmm. Um, that was definitely something I saw modeled growing up was, you know, there would be kind of the icing out and um, just like overall not great adult communication. Um, and so for me, certainly like I was a yeller mm-hmm. for quite some time. Um, apologies to my exes. <laughs> 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 uh, but you know, I had to go through all that to, to get here. And for me, when yelling is not an option, like it opens up quite a door of other mm possibilities to communicate and time to be taken i mean for me sometimes it's like i i need a minute to i just need a minute before i can talk about this yeah it's a big one for me to even like as a reminder to myself that sometimes like hey just give me a second like i gotta figure out what is the actual thing yeah i think too you know i think when you asked for that or when i asked for that minute like then it's my responsibility to circle back Mm. after you know um to put things on pause but then now it's my responsibility to pick it back up again um so whether that's you know in friendship communications or relationship um i've noticed if i can get a take a pause and take a breath before 
saying the thing that I probably shouldn't <laughs> say. Mm-hmm. Uh, that has served me a lot. And yeah, I feel like we've just really continued to grow, almost like grow up together mm-hmm. in the past six months. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I don't want to have this first episode go too long. We've got probably about 10 minutes left. Um, so I'll give you the option to either choose a spectrum of some sort to talk about or choose a taboo of some sort that you'd like to talk about. Uh, what's that? I, I saw there's an eyebrow raise here. You couldn't hear that on the... But she she raised her eyebrows, gave me a little, little look there. So. Uh, I like to talk about taboo things. Okay. I like to talk about spectrums too. I don't know. You know, I can always start going about something. Okay. Um, Let's talk about something taboo. Taboo? Yeah. All right. Um, are you comfortable talking about your... Uh, what? <laughs> I'm just curious what you're going to ask me. <laughs> uh, like your menstrual tracking and... That's what I was thinking of. Okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah. You're, you're com- comfortable talking yeah. about that? Yeah. Okay. Can you explain to everyone? This is So, this has all been learning to me about the female body and how it works in different stages and... um. Yeah, so please. Yeah, I feel like any of your female listeners out there will appreciate and resonate with this in some way. So, yeah, for, you know, since I was 17 years old, I have been on some type of birth control, whether it was the pill, the ring, the an IUD, and finally, um, last year... My IUD, I had it for three years, and it just finally was screaming at me to, like, or my body was screaming at me to take this thing out. Like, mm. not to mention the actual insertion of it is incredibly painful. Um, and, uh, you know, I had wild mood swings um, up for three years. Mm. Um, I had never had crazy... PMS before and I just had debilitating cramps I had um just like I truly felt insane like a week before uh my period Hmm. and finally I was like okay I one am not in a relationship and don't think that's going to happen for a really long time for me. So Mm. I don't need to worry about any type of pregnancy prevention. Um, I just got to get this thing out of me. And I instantly started feeling better. Like it was just a breath of fresh air when I got that removed. And, um, you know, I had started to just, again, take a more holistic approach to my health while also you know training with fp i was learning more about my body and what it did like what it didn't like and so for me again i made this kind of silent decision like i'm not going back on birth control like that's just not what my body wants it needs time to heal and then i started researching um more about cycle tracking and 
was doing it through an app, which is, will give you a framework, but it's not the best way to actually prevent pregnancy. Um, And so, yeah, when we started dating, I was like, okay, well, this is going to be more important. Um, And I started working with... um, a instructor uh, for the Billings method and which is just one of the many cycle tracking methods out there whether you are trying to get pregnant or prevent pregnancy and basically it's you know the premise is that men are fertile 100% of the time Woo! (laughs) and women are fertile within a very specific time frame and if when you start to get comfortable with your cycle and knowing that is you can avoid intercourse during that time and the rest of the time is free um and yeah that was you know like a wild concept to me as well and uh, you know a lot of women I've had this conversation with a lot of friends recently too who have similar experiences with me and their experience with birth control and IUDs and um and two that that's just becoming such the standard now for Mm. especially for young women um young I mean girls at this point who have a period like it's like oh you have some acne get on the pill oh Mm. you have cramps get on the pill like and no one actually gives you another option of like hey actually do you know what you're like was going on in your body and if you're connected to it like you know it's this fear of like oh well don't get pregnant you know you know you don't want to be the teenage mom Mm. um and or also you know just having like an abortion so readily available without even talking about the emotional um effects of having you know a rather large procedure and minimalizing it um although you know I believe in every woman's decision to make that choice for herself um but I just see this very like minimalizing everything Mm. minimalizing getting on birth control and what that could mean or just oh well if I would get pregnant at 16 I can have an abortion you know when you say minimizing there what do you mean minimizing like the importance of minimizing the like effects like people yeah, not, people not understanding the, effects, that the, the whole the whole picture of right. what it means to be on birth control at all right. or especially be on birth control at that age uh, right yeah okay all the above yeah. so long story short um yeah i started working with an instructor and you know scott joined me along with those sessions which was very eye-opening to us and um learning together and it's you know it hasn't been the easiest process either yeah definitely frustrating at times i mean trying to understand it but then um you know carrie mentioned these like free days or not free days and like trying to like for a while, these free days were like, the windows were even smaller than they are now, and so then different things like they felt like they put pressure on us to get use of all of our free days, and um, so it it definitely you know put some of that 
discomfort or, um, you know, more, I mean, it's probably more awareness maybe to that part of our lives. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think we were probably having more conversations about sex yeah. than what we would have been having if it was something, you know, if I was on, if I had my IUD still. Right. Um, I mean, yeah, I mean, it would just be like, all right, cool. Yeah. Like there would not really even be a conversation. At. Right. Yeah. And in that way, I mean, I definitely appreciate us having these conversations and it brought up things that were probably underlying anyways. Yes. And, you know, gave us an opportunity to address them. But yeah, I mean, after being on birth control for that long, my body needed time. I mean, close to, I think, eight months to recalibrate. And Mm. when you're on birth control, you or uh, have an IUD, you don't ovulate. And so even though I didn't have that anymore, my body wasn't having a healthy ovulation. And in most of these um, methods, you need to be able to identify a healthy ovulation so that you have the most free days mm-hmm. for intercourse. Yeah. Um, so when you don't have a healthy ovulation, um, you still have to be very aware of what your body is doing. And for us, for me right now, having a pregnancy is not part of the the ideal situation um so you know and if it that isn't as much of a thing you don't have to be as stringent with these rules Mm -hmm. that you they give you and I feel like now I've understood I do understand the process I understand my body so even they're very strict rules I've managed to make my own and know where my body is at in my cycle yeah um it's a i mean getting even more in tune with your body yeah right and then also i just want to um sometimes i still have to be reminded exactly what it means but just anyone who may not know what ovulation means ovulation is basically when you can get pregnant right yes because the egg does (laughs) this is where i'm gonna sell i don't know what the hell i'm talking about (laughs) so if you could just like we're like uh, give a quick overview of of what ovulating means yeah so basically there's some type of i don't think they call it the mucus plug but like there is a uh your there's a pathway that opens during ovulation okay and that allows sperm to enter and be able to have the chance to fertilize an egg but most of the time that pathway is closed yeah when you're not ovulating yeah and that, that leads to these windows. And is that something that we've talked about? That's something I basically learned or was taught in, in school and through different things was like, it's like really easy mm-hmm. to get, you know, to get pregnant, to get, to get a woman pregnant. And it can happen like at any time and like just a little drop of like pre-cum, mm-hmm. like could, could do it. And, you know, as it turns out, it's more complicated than that. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. And, uh, yeah, like you don't yeah. You don't have to just, you know, cross your fingers and hope or don't have to just, you know, hope you 
yeah, just be like stressing about pulling out or, um, <laughs> you know, there's, it just gives you so much more information and, and trust and then allows, you know, for us, it allows us to then be more, more there in the moment. Right. And, and it also just, I mean, because all the communication around that, and that just for us, like we're in more communication. So we're more on the same page. Yeah. Just as it is. Yeah. And I mean, I think also just coming back to like body sovereignty. Yep. Um, and you know, I just now see that the, the fear that is put into young individuals, both male and female Mm -hmm. of getting pregnant, getting someone pregnant, and then you essentially give away your power to, you know, someone else, a medical system. Big pharma. (laughs) Yeah, uh, whoever, because it's just also, like, then the easier thing. But if this was something, you know, that was taught to, you know, um, mature kids, just as part of the a health class, it would just bring so much more power back. And that's also, you know, when I look at all of these things about giving women the choice and... Um, whether it's for an abortion, whether it's to get on a pill, lower socioeconomic women um, who it would be detrimental to have a pregnancy financially, mentally, whatever it is, like why not continue to spread that trust in your own body and helping people relearn Mm. about their cycles? Like at the end of the day, no one can take that away from women like whether it's the medical system the government or whoever else like you can't take away something that's innately ours for sure um we're gonna be we're gonna go and wrap up for today uh carrie definitely have you on again um we've got a lot more to talk about a lot more that i wish we had had time to get into today um so thank you for for being here uh thank you for sharing uh, about yourself your background, some things you're, you've learned, and uh, just the question I'd like to leave on is, is and you kind of were already doing it, but um, just go ahead and final question, what message do you want to share with people? Okay. Um, Trust yourself. Trust yourself? Yeah. And, yeah. You're talking a lot about like getting in tune with yourself and different ways of doing that. Continue to turn back inward Mm. and the power that we all have as individuals, the innate power that has always and will always be within us and can't be taken away. Okay. Thank you for that. And, Imparting. This is Scott Martell Smith and Carrie Nicole Blackman telling you to trust yourself and your internal power.